0: It's the Pistons Pod, presented by Uptime Energy
1: Drink. Now here's your host, Matt Derry.
0: Welcome everybody, another week of the Pistons Pod right here at Pistons.com, and wherever you get your podcasts, it is indeed Matt Derry with you, and we want to take a look back and remember that this is the 20-year anniversary from when the Pistons really started that second championship run, the first one being, of course, with the bad boys, and the second one... Culminating in O four with a going to work team, but it all started back in two thousand one, two thousand and two, and that's our focus today. That Rick Carlisle led team that won fifty games, finished first in the NBA Central Division. And our guest today here on the pod was the backup point guard on that team in 0-1-0-2, the self proclaimed greatest shooter, best shooter in the world. My buddy Damon Jones is on with us today. DJ, what's up, bud?
1: Not much, Matt. Uh enjoy, man. Uh Getting a call from you to, to get on, jump on the pod and, and talk about that 0102 team. Uh, I appreciate you for having me.
0: Oh, man, it's great to hear your voice. And uh, I know you're down in Houston. People hear you on Sirius XM NBA Radio, Fox Sports Radio, still breaking down what's going on with the NBA. And I want to ask you about the current edition of the Pistons. But can you believe it's been 20 years since that 0102 team?
1: Man, that's a long time when you put the number 20 on it like that. I, I didn't realize it was that long ago I you know I still think that I'm 35 years old which you know I'm 10 years older than that so uh (laughs) those were those were some good days man and uh I think uh you know we had a really really good basketball team top to bottom and uh Rick Carlisle his his first head coaching opportunity he did he did a masterful job that first year
0: you look back on it, you were let go by your home hometown team right at the end of training camp, I believe, by the Rockets. You, you, you signed with the Pistons right away to be the backup to Chucky Atkins. When you got to the practice facility up there in Auburn Hills and you were meeting the guys and you were seeing what was around you, did you have a feeling that this could be a, a, a under-the-radar 50-win team?
1: Well, I, I knew, you know, we, we had some blue-collar workers on, on, the, on the ball club. I, I think that, you know, I was, at that point in my career, I was just looking for an opportunity to, you know, show the world what I could do. And uh, Rick Carlisle gave me that opportunity um, that year. But I, I saw potential for us to be good. I knew it was going to take time, you know, with Rick, you know, being in his first year. And uh, eventually we, we got to where we wanted to get to. That was the playoffs. Uh, we won one round and... and uh, you know, flamed out against uh, a good Celtics
0: team. You look back at that team and you go, everybody remembers starting fives, right? So they go Chucky in the backcourt with Jerry Stackhouse. Um, And then you had Ben Wallace up front with Cliff Robinson and Michael Curry. And of course it was the year after that and you had already left, but the whole Michael Curry, Tayshaun Prince controversy, but Michael was so steady on that team, but it was Stack that kind of had to lead you in scoring. He almost had to score 20 every night, and which he did for you guys to win, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he, he was overall our best player, uh, but Ben Wallace was the leader of the team because he did all the dirty work, and, you know, he put it <clears throat> so much work in on a daily basis, you know, everybody else just followed his lead, and that's how we became good, you know, when he, you know, was lifting weights after practice or, you know, doing what he did, after games, you know, it kind of took to the whole team and everybody was prepared on a night in and night out basis. And, and, uh, we went out and, and played hard and played good defense. We, we scored the b- basketball with, you know, Corliss Williamson, uh, Stackhouse again, like you said, averaged 20 points a game and, uh, Ben Wallace got all the rebounds. So, uh, it, it was a good team to be a part of. Uh, we did some special things, uh, Ben Wallace was Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Rick Carlisle was Coach of the Year. Corliss Williamson was Sixth Man of the Year. We had a lot of guys that that got uh, uh, congratulated for the work that they put in.
0: Damon Jones, uh, with me, one of the guards on that 0102 Pistons team, reminiscing about the 20-year anniversary of that team that got back into the playoffs and sort of started that run. Uh, for the team. It was the next year that the team made the Eastern Conference Finals and went to six straight after that. You mentioned Ben Wallace. I mean, he's just an icon now in Detroit. But uh, did you know, did he pick up and become the leader from, from day one there when you guys started the season? Or was there a, a moment or a time where it became his team?
1: Yeah, well, from day one, uh, when I got there, you know, I, I saw that, you know, he he was he was going to be the leader because he, he didn't say a lot. Uh, vocally, but he led by example. And when I tell you the work ethic that he put in, uh, on the court, uh, after practices, you know, you couldn't do nothing but, you know, follow his lead. And tenacious defender, a guy that, you know, talked on the defensive end of the floor where, you know, we always knew, you know, he had our back defensively, uh, as the guards if we got beat. So, You know, it it was a good year, man, and and I remember it. I still have relationships uh, from that team uh, that I enjoyed today, Michael Curry, Ben Wallace, guys I still talk to. So uh, it it was a good time.
0: What I love is Mike Curry is the associate head coach, the top assistant for Stack at Vanderbilt. I mean, that's just sick. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it is, man, and and I'm telling you, that's why, you know, it's it's important to – Get those, garner those relationships uh, while you're playing because you never know, you know, what's going to happen once the game ends. And to have those type of relationships where, you know, you could go and uh, be an associate head coach under Stackhouse, who's the head coach at Vanderbilt, you know, that's that speaks to the level of uh, commitment uh, during the time when we were playing.
0: Cliff Robinson was on that team. Unfortunately, uh, pretty recently passed away. Uh, Uncle Cliffy was beloved here in Detroit and was actually the second leading scorer on that team. What did he mean to the team?
1: Man, he was he was that veteran presence uh, in the locker room. A guy that <clears throat> played huge roles for very successful teams throughout his career. Uh, man, and he he uh, he did a lot for us. He did a lot for us. And uh, God rest his soul, I, I, I hate when he passed away. Uh, great, great dude off the floor, fun person to be around. Uh, and he, he did a lot of great things on the basketball floor for us uh, during that year.
0: That second group, you guys had a lot of fun. I remember John Barry was like, "We got to name the team," and it was the second group. He said we're going to be called the Alternators, and it was him and you. <laughs> and remember that? Cor- yeah, Corliss, uh, Zelly, Rabracha, yeah. and 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 you yeah. guys would come in, and man, you guys had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, we had a great time, man. John Barry is, man, he he's a great teammate, man. I love playing with him, and uh, he, uh, man, he was he was the the heartbeat of that second unit, and uh, he came out and we scrapped. And you know, if we if we didn't have energy in that first unit, we tried to bring energy. And you know, he shot the ball well. You know, I, I did my best to shoot the ball well. Uh, Corliss Williamson, he was a he, he was getting buckets and getting to the free throw line. You know, whenever he wanted. So, you know, if we needed a basket, we knew who we were going to go to. And when they start double teaming him, that that opened the floor up for. Myself and John and, and like you know overall that was a great team to be on. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of stars, uh, but we had guys that wanted to compete, wanted to go out there and play hard. And um, man, that that was that was a cool year for me. That that was kind of my coming out party. Yeah. that, you know I could play in the NBA.
0: You and JB having fun and uh, <laughs> Rick. Rick was pretty. You know I, I've always been a Carlisle guy, but. I don't know if, how, how well the two of you guys, when you were clowning around sometimes was gel with Rick. It was pretty serious, right?
1: <laughs> and, that, and that's another thing, right? So Rick, Rick, this was his first opportunity being a head coach. And uh, Rick was always so serious. Yeah. But, you know, if we went out there and did what we were supposed to do, uh, follow the game plan, and we, we had a little fun doing it, he, he didn't have a problem with that. It's when we wasn't doing what we were supposed to be doing and having fun. And, uh, he, he had a problem with that, but you know, Rick was a good coach, man, still a good coach to the day, to this day, you know, have a championship now with, with the Mavericks. Uh, now he's moved on to Indiana, but you know, it, it was, you know, it was a, a good gel between, you know, our team and his personality. And, you know, we were successful in, in, in the game of basketball. That's all that matters winning.
0: You guys only gave up 92 points a game that year. That was uh, number six in the league. I mean, obviously the league now has changed. I mean, Damon, every time I know you're thrown on uh, a league pass or whatever and these games are in the 120s and 130s, could you imagine holding teams to 92 points today?
1: No. No. I mean, and the rules have changed. You know, that when they went to try to uh, make the games more appealing to the fan base, uh, more offense, more scoring. Uh, I, man, shoot. I, I don't, if I guess the top defensive teams right now today are holding their opponent maybe to 110 points. So if, if you, if you're around that number, you, you're looked upon as one of the be- better defensive teams. So, uh, you know, I, I love how the game is played today. I, I wish. You know, I had the opportunity to play. Now, you know, teams are shooting a lot of threes and you're getting up and down the floor, and, and uh, that that was one of the strengths of mine shooting the basketball. So, uh, I love to see what's going on, have some great players out there, great teams, and uh, I'm just excited to be to say that you know I'm I'm a part of the fraternity.
0: Oh, and there's no question about it. Uh, the man known as 3D Damon Jones. With me here on the Pistons pot, I I remember that playoff series with the Raptors, where the palace the palace it started filling up again in o one o two. People started falling in love with this team, but once the playoffs started, that first round series with the Raptors, do, do you recall? I mean, that place the lid was coming off, the roof was coming off that building. How much fun was that?
1: Man, so much fun, man! And, it, and it's I mean, in the years that I played, you know, whenever you had it. Uh, great fan base and support. Man, it just made you play hard. I think it energizes, uh, a player. And I think the fans need to know and understand that is that, you know, yes, we have, you know, great talents and stuff like that, but, but they mean something. The fans really do mean something and having a great home court advantage like the Pistons did after that year going forward with with, uh, Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and and Tayshaun Prince and and Ben Wallace and those guys, you saw it. Like nobody wanted to go into Detroit and play uh, during those times. And man, that that was really inspiring for us to have our fan base back us the way that they did. And and you know we we were able to be successful because of it.
0: You you were uh, you were adored here for the year that you were here. Everybody loved that team. But then you're right. You went to Miami and Cleveland and had to play yes. against against the Pistons yes. in, in that palace. That must have been uh, that must have been tough.
1: I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I hated going there as a visitor, man, and and I mean, mom, man, I'm telling you, it was rocking every single time. And the the one uh bad memory I have is going in there uh, as a member of the Miami Heat, uh, we we're up three-two, and we have a chance to close it out to go to the NBA Finals against the San Antonio Spurs. And we're going there and lose by thirty in Game Six. Yeah. And I just sat there on the bench, man, and I was like, "Damn, fans!" Went <laughs> <laughs> when earlier, you know, oh one, oh two. You know, I was glad to have them there, but uh, yeah, it's it's the fan base there is is good uh I haven't been able to uh, watch many Detroit games now to see what the fan base is like in the new arena. Uh I coached against them when I was with the Cavs and uh they hadn't, you know, fully embraced uh the organization but I, I think it will come around.
0: Yeah, and I want to ask you about that especially Cade Cunningham in a second. Um final thing I, I, I just memories. Joe Dumars obviously put that team together in 0102. What was it like? Uh, you know, playing for him. He always had that, that office at the top uh, of the practice facility looking down at what was going on. But I know he kind of allowed Rick and, and the coaches to do their thing, right?
1: Yeah, he did. And, uh, you know, I think that's why uh, they had such a great relationship that, you know, he let Rick do what he does, and that's coach. And, you know, he handled all the, the other stuff as far as player acquisitions and stuff like that. So they had a pretty good marriage, and because of it, you know, uh, he and uh, Rick was successful, and uh, he was able to, uh, you know, get it done on on a high level.
0: Mentioned before about the current edition of the Pistons, obviously second year of, of what we're calling around here a, a restore, a restoration, not necessarily rebuild. But Troy Weaver, the man in charge, I, I know you know, and Dwayne Casey, are those the right guys in your mind to kind of quarterback this thing?
1: I think so. I think Dwayne Casey you know what he's done as a coach in this league speaks for itself. And uh, yes, you know coaches get a lot of get a lot of flack when when there's more losses than wins, but you also have to have the personnel to be successful, okay? And let's let's call it what it is. You know, you have to have good players to win games. And I think with the addition of Troy Weaver uh the little that i know about him and his 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 approach to uh free agency uh, his approach to the draft and what he did down in okc i feel that uh detroit is is, is going in the right direction with those two. And I, hope, I hope and pray that that uh both guys get to you know see it all the way through
0: Easy to pull the uh, pull the plug on, on things when things go bad. I know you've been on some teams where it was blame the coach and some of that went on in Cleveland, certainly, when you were there. Um, but, but like you said, I mean, you got you got to have players. And Troy Weaver seems to be uh, – wants to do whatever he can to, to find guys. And certainly he's got a pretty good one right now, doesn't he, and Cade Cunningham.
1: Yeah, Cade Cunningham is – he's uh, definitely uh, one of the top young players uh, – number one pick this past year. Uh, he kind of started off slow, I guess, because of injuries and things of that nature. But uh, since he's he's got his feet wet uh, during the the middle part and now the end of the season, uh, he's putting up good numbers, and, and he looks like he's going to be a budding star for that franchise going forward.
0: As a guy Damon Jones had played in this league, you have to have veteran players, right, in order to win. And, and it's a pretty young roster, Sands, guys like Kelly Olenek and and certainly Jeremy Grant and others. How difficult is it to win when you are that young? And how how long do you think something like that takes?
1: Well that that's that's gonna be on Troy Weaver to assess, you know, what young players that are uh, gonna be good for the franchise going forward. And you definitely have to go out, and get veteran players that have experience winning to bring that winning culture. And you know, having a young team you know, they're going to be in a lot of games, but you have you need those veteran guys to help close out that win, you know, being up uh, four points with two minutes in the fourth quarter or being down uh, two or three possessions with six or seven minutes to go. You need those guys to help you navigate uh, to get to the end to where, you know, eventually you'll, you'll win your fair share of those games
0: final thing for Damon Jones the former piston um who who do you like to to come out of this thing and, and win it all right now we're here at the end of march um it's a good team certainly the east is better uh, dj than it ever was and has been as long as i've known you uh, what 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 are you how do you forecast it right now
1: right now i, I... I'm, I'm like a, a weather man with no monitor.
0: Like, I, 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 Come on, I don't
1: know what I don't know what's going on out here. I gotta be, I, I gotta be totally honest. I, I watch basketball every single day and you know from one week to the next, you know you see great teams and then next thing you know, they have a three or four game losing streak. Someone gets injured. So you know to me it's wide open on both sides. Uh, if I had to pick today
0: Yeah, give me something I,
1: I, I would say uh, I would say the Milwaukee Bucks Because they have You know, they've done it before They did it just last year And they have the majority of their pieces back From that title winning team In the East And then, you know, you have to say uh, The Phoenix Suns And I know that's, you know the, the easy pick to make But, you know, they're playing at such a high level uh, Chris Paul is out They're still winning games Devin Booker was out for a while They still won games They have the best record in the NBA And uh, I, I love what Monty Williams is doing With that basketball team uh, Getting guys to buy into his system And it, it just keeps rolling Guys are out You know, you have guys coming off the bench They're playing big roles And they're still winning games So if I had to say it today I would say it would be a rematch of last year Uh the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, against the Phoenix Suns.
0: Brother, imagine if you were playing now, as opposed to 20 years ago with this three point shot, you would have been in hog heaven. You would have been pulling up from half court.
1: Oh my oh, goodness. Man. Oh man. It, w- it would have been great. Like I said, Matt, <laughs> man, it would be scary hours out there if I was out there. Shooting that basketball. <laughs> you know? I- I'm still shooting at the way that I shot it, uh, 20 years ago. So, you know. With that being said, maybe I, I try to give me a ten day.
0: Summer. Oh, oh my gosh, that would be. Hilarious. You're, you said you were forty five. Get out of here.
1: Yeah, forty five years old, and I still. Uh, shoot the ball like I'm
0: 25. <laughs> we need like a Tom a Tom Brady comeback. You know I would hop on Twitter and support you 100%. You know that.
1: Oh, I know you would, man, and I greatly appreciate that, man. You are my guy. Always be my guy. Anytime you need me to do anything, I'm right here for
0: you. I appreciate that. Damon Jones uh with us here on the Pistons Pod, uh, brought to you by UpTime energy drink. A look back at 0102. We'll do it all again next week.